1: Hello, welcome back to uh, Aus Business Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. It's great to have your company on this Monday, kicking off a brand new week. Uh, first up this afternoon, of course, is the call 10 stocks, two experts, and an opinion on each of them for you, the stocks you suggest to us. Terrific to have Nathan Thomas-Andaran from Blue Ocean Equities on the panel today. Nathan, good to see you. you. And Gaurav Sodhi from uh, Intelligent Investor. Gaurav, good to see you as Great well. Great to be here, thank you. Yeah. All right. I thought we'd kick off with uh, uh, one of our biggest companies in the news. I always pick stock of the day, something that's a bit in the news. And over the weekend, um, Rupert Murdoch's um, son, uh, James, his younger son, uh, resigned as a director of News Corp Australia, Australia and one of the globe's biggest traditional, traditional media organisations. In a letter of resignation, he blamed disagreements on both editorial content and strategic decisions. The media giant alone, of course owns a number of companies around the world. Uh, Australian outlets of the Australian newspaper, news.com.au, uh, The Telegraph, The Herald Sun, Sky News Australia, Foxtel, um, I thought it was fascinating, number one, that James Murdoch uh, would step down from the board and really be quite open about why editorial policies, particularly on climate change.
0: Yeah, uh, look, there's, it's not necessarily new. There have been rumours about a difference of opinion between the yep. top echelons in the Murdoch family for some time. But it is a big step, you're right, and I'm surprised to see it. I did not expect that it would actually hit this yep. limit. Um, Now, we've been shareholders of News Corp in the past, Um, we've both recommended it and owned it in the funds, I've owned it in the past personally, we've never made any money out of it. Um, We've never lost too much, Um, but the thesis has always been very strong. When you look at this company, it looks cheap, it should be much more valuable than it is. It it owns a 60% stake in um, realestate.com.au and that accounts for the vast bulk of its value. On top of that, there's a little company, um, Realtor.com, that it owns, which is trying to replicate real estate success over in the US. They're actually doing very well. I think that business by itself is probably a billion dollar business already. And then you've got um, um, some pretty good quality traditional print publications. Um, Wall Street Journal is a fantastic publication. Um, There are a couple of uh, smaller ones bolted onto that. And then you've got the big anchor, which is the Fox, um, Foxtel Australian assets. and, And those are probably worth close to zero. When you total those up...
1: And um, then Fox News, the Fox Network in the US as well? I, no,
0: I, I, I don't think they actually own that. I think that's owned um, in some other entity.
1: Ah, right, um, okay.
0: the, They own the Australian Fox assets. Right. Um, so I think they're in Fox Sports and Fox, um, uh, the cable business Fox, yep, yep. Um, uh, in a joint venture with, with Telstra. Right, yeah. Um, but I, I think the value of those is, is, is pretty much close to zero. Um. When you tot up all those assets together, we should get a valuation at least 50% more than the current market price, maybe up to double the current market price. And that was our investment thesis going in. Every sensible investor should be able to see that. Um, And we thought we were being really smart, and I think we were just being a bit obtuse because the only way to realise that value is if management is willing to break up the empire or take steps uh, to recognise value. And clearly the Murdochs aren't willing to do that. And the market has been spot on in valuing this business at a steep discount to its true worth. I think that's entirely appropriate. Sometimes we live in this, um, this fantasy world where we think price must always equal value, and that's not always the case. There are sometimes good reasons, and this is a good example, of where price ought to be discounted to true value. Right. Now, this is a good sign. Seeing um, um, some disagreement here, hopefully the, the board discussions lead to some change. Um, something probably needs to happen. Some sort of strategic board-level move needs to happen. Definitely. We've suggested publicly that um, that REA should take over News Corp. Um, and, in effect, buy back sixty percent of their stock at a very steep discount to market value, and then spin off the rest of it some other how.
1: Mm. Um,
0: and I think that would create a lot of value for both News Corp. and yeah. REA. Uh, uh, we got laughed out of the room at that suggestion, <laughs> 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 so it's unlikely. It's probably not going to happen. Um, but, uh, look, I wouldn't buy it. I just don't think... Right. It, being cheap is not enough. There has to be something else and there's too much, um, too many problems with the management okay. in this business.
1: what do you think of Yeah, we, we've
2: had chats about this for a while yes, now. Yes, we uh, have. And uh, <laughs> it's one of those ones where it's been a bad news for value investors for years. It hasn't gone anywhere in over a decade. Uh, the only people who make money out of this is the Murdochs. Um, it's a bit like... Um, I always love the Lowys and the Murdochs because they restructure assets. Mm. So you can never work out the history. You can never value it properly. And everything gets muddled up. And then suddenly, the only people who continuously win out of that are the Murdochs. And this is another case. The only pieces that are worth something is the pieces that's not managed by them. (laughs) That kind of tells you something. Uh, And, you know, when you see senior guys, families who've been in an industry for a very long time and dominant players around the world sell out, like, Murdoch sold out a fair amount of media assets. Mm. Lois sold out of Westfield at the peak. So when these guys are getting out, the dumb people like us should take a notice and go, they are doing massive trades. So in a three to six months period, something's gonna go wrong in this sector. These are classic indicators and this has been one. I don't think the media assets are worth as much. I think realestate.com is a great model, but it's way overvalued for the economic risk that it's facing um, globally. Um, I'd rather, if I had to pick, I'd rather go and buy realestate.com at these multiples than buy News Corp at these cheap multiples right. because it's just, it's you're not going anywhere. You yep. are buying a delusional asset at this point. Right. There's a lot more risk in it, and I think the media sector still has a lot of restructure that's going to go through, massive changes. So I'm not betting on who comes out on top. Yep. I think it's just too hard to play. And... I think the, the seeks, the real estate, the car sales, I mean, these guys come out of media stocks and now they're worth a the hell of a lot more than the parent. Yep. Uh, they're the winners, but even they're going to get hit by this uh, macro issues. Right. So
1: at this time, okay. News Corp is not there. Because News Corp years ago, they went into satellite TV first, mm. didn't they? Rupert Murdoch, I reckon, has been one of the great visionaries of Australian business over. 40 years. And right? let's not forget,
0: he was into social media well before yeah. it became what it is Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think you're right, David. Yeah, it just
1: seems to have got stuck. And, and
0: one thing that's really admirable about the Murdochs is their willingness to fail. Um, and I think so many yep. CEOs are so terrified of failure that they don't take on chances. and. Um, We always like to see companies try new things, even if it means failing occasionally. Apple is another example where it constantly brings out products that don't quite work and services that don't quite fit, but it's great to see them try things, even if that does mean failure. It's it's easy
2: to fail when you're
0: billions Well, that's true. That's true. (laughs) When when your market (laughs) cap (laughs) is in the
2: hundreds of millions, (laughs) (laughs) taking a risk on 50 million is massive. Mm. But when you're worth... I mean, think of the failures that have gone through in the years. Uh, Uh, You know, the one tells that, you know, there's been so many blow-ups. Yeah. But the reality is when you have a balance sheet, you can keep flipping. But when yeah. you're a shareholder, you take the hits for their each flip.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
2: you've got to back the winners and the winners in the new world
1: is yet to be proven if Newscorp will ever be. Okay. All right. That's our stock of the day. Let's get into your 10 stocks now. And uh, Gora Tina wants a, uh, an opinion on Coles Group, big supermarket chain split out of Wesfarmers.
0: Yeah, look, there's probably not much more I can add than what most people already know about Kohl's. It's a a great business. Um, I think what many people probably don't appreciate is that its logistics and distribution now doesn't quite match Woolworths. And that's solely because um, Kohl's has just not spent as much capital as Woolies has spent over the last 10 or 15 years. That's gonna be catching up. So we should expect to see higher capex coming from Kohl's, And just keep that in mind if you're buying that as a yield stock, you might see the yield lag um, profits a little bit because there's a lot of reinvestment that that company is going to carry out, maybe a billion dollars worth or so over the next few years. But otherwise, look, it's a, it's a famous duopoly, entrenched, um, very high quality, well-managed, um, very little to dislike. I don't think the valuation is crazy. I think it's probably just reasonably priced. If you're a conserva- conservative investor who is looking for a stable yield, I think this is still okay. Um, we've, we did own it out of, out when it got spun off and we've sold it um, in March during the pandemic to buy cheaper things. I think for younger investors, that's probably a better play. I'd use this as a source of cash to buy other things rather than hang on to it. But for the conservative investor, it's still okay. fine. Hold.
2: Uh, look, it's boring and it's trading at pretty <laughs> high multiples for what it is. Uh, but it's the market where we are. The economic risk puts it in one of the better sectors. Um, in the last probably six months, I'd say it's outperformed Woolworths. So I prefer Woolworths over calls uh, purely because I think it's got a better model going in the short term and it probably doesn't have the requirements of capital um, as much as calls. Right. Um, so in that context, I prefer Woolworths, but I think the sector will do quite well. It'll hold up. I don't see it as, the, you know, if you if there was a vaccine or if there was stimulus, I don't see this sector as the one that shoots the lights out but I think you're not gonna get right. killed. Mm-hmm. So, so would you see right.
1: this as a defensive stock? Doesn't everyone say, look, if you're going into a recession, people still gotta eat, so yeah. supermarkets uh, will go okay. And that's what's dri-
2: driven both right. of these, uh, th- that right. whole sector. Yeah. Um, and even Medcash with the problems have gone up. So yeah. in that context, the sector will hold up quite well. Um, if you're an investor, you're trying to pick stocks that outperform the market. This is not at the top of the list, but as a fund manager, this sector is going to be one where you're going to be parking your money over the next three to six mm. months because it's not going to blow up.
1: Okay, all right. There you go, uh, Tita. A good opinion there on, on Coles going forward. Now, Philip, uh, Maton wants uh, an opinion on XRF Scientific. Mm. Now, it supplies a range of X-ray fluorescent technology and solutions. Uh, for labware and chemicals and fusion equipment. It's in the mining industry. Is it? it assesses grades of, um, of mineral deposits and things like that?
2: It's basically a, a specialized chemical.
0: Right.
2: So in that context, it looks interesting. It, it's performing relatively well. There's a substantial shareholder holding 11% got down to 10%. That's always a bad sign. It's had a good run. Um, mining services overall are not doing great. Uh, this is Specialized, um, I like the Specialized, I like the Chemical Play. Most of those stocks have had a bit of a run, but I wouldn't go chasing. It is a very small stock. Uh, you want the discount for the risk that you have in the sector and the size, and you're not getting that at this point. You've had the r- rally. I think the market is risky up here, and these micro caps. funnily enough, uh, you would have thought when the market risk goes up, the top caps should outperform. Hmm. Funnily enough, in Australia, the micro caps have actually outperformed over the last three, four months, which what? completely because um, there's a certain amount of shareholders hold a substantial part of a lot of these micro caps, and
0: they buy more of it because uh. it makes your performance look good. Yeah. Uh, so I also reckon the the rise of the retail investor has yes. something to play. Re- yeah. Yeah. Retail investors have really driven a lot of this rally, and that explains why smaller stocks. Oh yeah. are probably there's been
2: stocks that. On result go up four five hundred percent mm. i mean we never used to see that it's yeah. because of the fact that there's a lot more retail investors there's not a, any return coming out of the banks so you're better off going somewhere to get and it's almost become a bit of a puntathon yeah. and so when you see that in a very illiquid small cap stock i think you got to be careful so um, I, I like it i think it's interesting they're in the right place but a large shareholder is letting a few go because they think it's had a good run Yes. so you've got to take that into my you know into care into the outlook it's you know overall sector i think the mining services is in a tough time capex is not growing at the level i thought it would be given the outlook for mining mm. yeah. um, and everyone is being a bit more conservative so they're probably not going to go out and do a lot of things so in that context i think uh, it's going to be uh, tough for them so i'm not chasing but again if it comes back i mean remember in march it fell down to 14 uh, 14 cents it's 28 cents it's it's up 100%. Okay. Um, so if it gets down to, I think, 14 to 18, I would put a bit in there because it can easily fall back because it's a, a micro-cap, liquid stock. Yep. Yep. If it comes back, I'll put a, put a bit in and see how the execution goes. So okay. I well, think it's an interesting one.
1: ahead.
0: I'm surprised. Nathan t- touched on an important point. Um, miners are swimming in cash at the moment. Gold miners, iron ore miners, everyone except the mine, if you, unless you're mining coal, yep. you're making a, a decent amount of money. And yet mining capex has not reached historic norms, let alone um, previous bull time levels, boom time levels. Um, and that may be because there's, mining companies generally, there's been a new, there's been, been a bit of a paradigm shift. Um, the CFOs are in charge now. The capital allocation has improved dramatically. They're much more careful with how they spend money. Um, they've been rewarded with higher share prices and better valuations. So I think that's a change that's here to yeah, stay. you've
1: made that point, mate. And- and particularly, your favourite Newcrest, is that When it gets a lot of money, oh, yeah, it invests yeah, in the it's, dog it's, it's a dog and stock. loses a heap of yeah, mouths. Yeah, and none of them are doing it now. So yeah, yeah. It's a stock, money it, it's pay, a stock pay, that paid, catches
0: catches disease all the time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Always have
0: something wrong with it. Good business model. Um, management is, I think, I, I actually think, I'm not too concerned about the sell done. I think that's okay. There's enough insider ownership here. There's been a lot of previous capex go into the business. And I think that makes me a bit more positive. Um, towards it. I think there's a good chance to get more cash coming out um, in the relatively near future. I don't know it that well, but this is one that's okay. I'm, yeah. I'm interested and I'll be doing more work on it.
1: Okay, all right. Um, there you go. Thank you for the suggestion, Philip. Um, Gorab James asked her opinion on JB Hi Fi, one mm. of our stellar retailers of the last 12 months or so.
0: I'm glad this came up because um, Nathan and I have disagreed on that. And for once, I've been right and nathan has been wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he Jack, uh... Not that he wants to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll take it. it. I'll take <laughs> it.
0: Yeah, I think it, the price is about half what it is today. And Nathan uh, was an enthusiastic seller of it. And I was a very cautious holder of it. <laughs> and luckily, things worked out. Okay. Uh, but, but look, this is they've um, been a bit lucky with COVID. Um, I don't think these results that we're seeing now would have happened without the pandemic. Yep. But that is not to take away from just how magnificent this retailer is, and you really see the quality of a retailer when they're put under a, under stress or when the economy is put under stress. This has passed every test you could throw at it. It's a terrific business. I don't think the valuation is necessarily crazy, but I okay. do think
1: I'm just going to ask, even at 45 bucks, yeah. Now, look, still I think it? the numbers
0: look okay. Ah. I wouldn't be buying it here, um, retail. You've got to be careful at multiples in retail because it's a famously cyclical business and you don't want to be paying reasonable multiples at the top of the revenue cycle. And this yep. revenue has certainly been elevated. So this is probably not the time to be chasing it. But if you're a long term investor, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with holding this. Um, right. It's a very good good business. There's very few high quality retailers. This is one of them. So if you have it in your portfolio, probably one for the bottom draw and hold it. Okay. But otherwise, if you want to be uh, a bit, a bit smarter or sharper um this is one to to look at in the
1: next retail downturn right okay all right pick it up on any sort of pullback
0: in ba- bad news Yep. Yeah.
2: um yeah look it's a, it's a very good business. I mean, per square meter, they do better than anyone else. Isn't that
0: amazing? That yeah. number is extraordinary. Yeah. They they
2: kill every yeah, competitor in
0: the world, um, including the big American. World. Yeah,
2: more than a decade ago, and you it know, shows my age. Uh, when I was working in the US, <laughs> in <your> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was working in the US, um, um, Best Buy. Best yeah, Buy. Yeah, that's right. One. Yeah, yeah. They actually have the, even the same bloody color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So right. I used to be in Austin, Texas. So we used to drive down and because my family was here, so I had nothing to do, so I used to drive around and do research, which is what you do when you're a boring person. <laughs> so uh, I, they used to have that same thematic, so they used to try and, you know, electrical items, they used to sell per square meter, get them in, um, give them a deal to get them in and try and sell them stuff that they don't really need. Um, that's what JB Hi-Fi does, and they do it even better in smaller spaces, mm. and they just absolutely killed it. Um, I don't have a problem with what JB Hi-Fi was, and then they went aboard board good guys. Yep. That was, I think was a very bad deal in the really bad side of the cycle. Mm. I think they'll pay a price for that in the future because it won't do as well as what they think. There's a cultural difference between the two businesses which I don't think aligns. They've actually had a lot of things go their way. Some of it because they've got good management, mm. some of it because they just got lucky. Right. Now if the government doesn't give handouts like they do, <laughs> this thing is trading at 10 bucks.
1: Right.
2: And. Because they did... So job keeper
1: and job seeker. Exactly.
2: And work from home. All of those things just went bang, right? In Australia, we didn't have a culture of work from home. Globally, that's a norm. Uh, In Australia, because we were forced to it, now people actually realised this thing works. Shocker. Uh, But that's what's played into them. So they've got everything that could go right has gone right. Structurally, they've got a problem with good guys, with the property cycle and what's happening through that. I don't think that'll do as well. And if there is a downturn, which I think is inevitable, uh, because the government can't keep paying forever, Uh, they've already flagged how it's going to decline through time, which is a smart play to wean people off. Um, And the market does not have any downgrades for Q3, which now with restrictions is almost certain to come. So I think this sector will get hit. This is the best player, so as I say, even the pretty girls get hit in a bus
0: crash, this thing will get hit. No one says that except uh, you, mate. No know. one says except you. Uh, it. But it's the classic <laughs> broker one.
2: Um, yeah. It'll come back, um, and when it does, uh, I'd be a buyer of it. Right. I would not, you know, even though it was expensive before, now the fundamentals have improved for the business, mm. so it's actually not that expensive, yeah. it's still but great. it's right. still a sell here, yeah. on, on just on the sector. The only one in that sector I am buying, in the retail sector, which is kind of a bit of a lie because that's not really retail, is West Farmers because that's right. just a private equity plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're waiting for other people to blow up so they can buy Yeah. Uh, there's a $10 billion check sitting there waiting to buy. So in that context, I'd buy West Farmers because they've got the balance sheet, they're going to pay you a dividend, and yeah. you're betting on them doing a pretty good deal, and I'm pretty sure they will. Right. Um, but the rest of them, it's just a candle in the wind.
1: All right, James, there you go. That's the opinion on JB Hi-Fi. Mason, um, uh, our fourth stock is a REIT suggested by David. APN Convenience Retail owns a whole bunch of service station and convenience stores.
2: Yeah, uh, look, it's had a good bounce back. Property Trust overall, I think it's a danger sector for me, has been for a while. Uh, when you put the word recession and this kind of lockdown, yeah. all retail is going to struggle. Um, All the deals most of these retailers are going to do on rental for the next couple of years will be on a discounted rate. So the outlook is for a lower. So most of them will have to raise capital, which dilutes future earnings. Um, So it's a negative negative. This one's probably got a bit more stability on the service station type player. Uh, But again, it's hard to get excited because you're not getting the discount. You're getting pretty close to, I mean, it's only a bit off, 10% off the peak pre-crisis. you're not getting a huge discount for it for the risk that the sector holds, sure. and it's not the it's not a good mangrove group. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. So in that context, you're not buying the best in the best of the breed, and I think the risk in the sector still plays. So okay. it doesn't excite me, but uh, look, if you're holding it, I don't mind just holding it. But uh, I wouldn't go and buy it. Okay. Correct.
0: Petrol stations are really good assets, actually, and I think that um, that isn't widely understood. Um, we found that out years ago when we bought Caltex um, and um, did very well out of that, holding that while it was closing down its refinery and became a quasi-retailer. They do well because um, volumes through there have traditionally been very stable um, and rents therefore can be very stable. Um, So as as a property portfolio, this is actually a a very good business um, because it does provide stability. Um, And I note that even in Melbourne, petrol stations are one of sort of a handful of um, stores that are still An essential service, yeah. Exactly. Now, one mark against them is that um, in Australia, um, retail fuel volumes have been falling and have been falling for a good decade or so. Um, And I don't think that trend is going to reverse, Um, but um, it's hard to see really the elimination of the Mm. petrol um, engine anytime soon. So as as long as there's still Um, there's still people buying fuel. I I, I think property that that underpins it is still going to be a good asset. Uh, We used to think that the owners of petrol stations took the cream of the profit rather than the property owners. I think that's flipped now. I think um, with the decline in retail volumes, it's the owners who actually bear that, and the property is probably the better place to be. Another one of interest is Waypoint REIT. um, And the the thing I like about Waypoint is that it has triple net leases, which means they don't have to pay for any of the capex oh. on, on their properties. Uh, they're also a little bit larger and arguably a little bit better oh. diversified. Okay. These things matter. So I would... Um, uh, a lot so i go Waypoint instead of I APN. I would argue, but APN is also fine.
2: Well, the other uh, one is Ample. You get the property yeah, and you, you get the, the that's business. True. And you do need yeah. it to, to
0: be split, though. I think, yeah, to I, I, that well, value. that's
2: at one point you're going to get that. And mm. I think that's the, another re-rating upside for Ample. So yeah. we've been a big fan of Ample in the pullback. Uh-huh. And we still hold it. I think it'll come back a bit, but I think Ample is a very good business. And I think um, it's even when you get these restrictions, people have to go pick up, you know, milk or this or that. Their small supermarket type model works really yeah. well. Yeah. And as Gaurav said, the property is worth something. At some point, they're going to IPO it, and yeah. when they do that, they'll you get another re-rating. So that's the upside okay. in Okay.
1: All right. Uh, thanks for that suggestion, David. Uh, Gaurav, uh, Peter wants uh, a view on Paladin. The Uranium company with mines in uh, Namibia and Malawi. Run a, a mile. That's exotic.
0: Run a mile. <laughs> <laughs> Run like an Ethiopia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> 15 k rally. <laughs> Just fast. Um, what, was it 13 or 14 years ago, I was covering Paladin um, and there was a big Uranium boom on, on at the time. And I said the same thing then, um, even when the share price was I don't know, was it, Nathan, do you remember back then? It was 16 bucks or something yeah. back then. Then um, what is it now, $0.80 cents or something? And it's been bankrupt, I don't know how many times now.
1: $0.14. Cents. <laughs> not even 80 well, There you 14. go. 14 Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Been,
2: it's been through a few nuclear tests.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm not, a, look, I, I, I would add that I'm not a believer in uranium. I don't think, I don't have a problem with uranium, I, I, but, but I just don't think um, the economics of, of reactors actually work. Everyone right. says... There's dozens of, maybe hundreds of uranium you know, nuclear projects up and, and pl- in planning stages, but hardly any of them ever actually get to get yeah. to the final stage because they just lose a whole bunch of money. Right. Um, and without additional reactors, the demand for uranium is tiny. You know that what the largest supply of uranium comes from? It comes from decommissioned nuclear warheads, and there's an awful lot of them, tens <laughs> of thousands of them. You're kidding, mate. Is the that l- It's the largest single mine supply. Wow. Yeah. And you've got a further twenty-five percent of uranium supply is buried in Olympic Dam, owned by BHP. Right, they have not even tapped it. Yeah. The first thing that happens when uranium prices start to rise is mm. um, BHP, which has all these plans for developing the Olympic Dam, starts to develop that mine and floods the world with uranium. Right, Acqu- there's very okay. few. Um, resources where 25% of global supply is in the one hole in the ground.
1: So it's like Varley is to iron ore, Olympic Dam is to uranium. Yeah, that's yeah, right. a, it's a, it's a, nice
0: right. a nice way to put it. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So, and, and it's an untapped, it's not even wow. operating as a, as a uranium no. supplier now. So I, I can't see uranium prices really gaining a lot of steam. Um, and that's, that's really a personal view. I might be wrong yeah. about that. If I'm wrong about that, Platinum would be the greatest success story. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, it is not priced for success. And right. if, if, if it happens, you'll um, we'll do very well out of it. I think the odds are very small. Okay.
1: All right. Please. So, Peter, we always say on the call you get... Uh, buy, sell, or hold, uh, you now have run a mile. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's further down than sell, I reckon. <laughs> what do you reckon, Nathan? Oh,
2: I'm just surprised that uh, Gaurav's veins haven't popped. <laughs> <because> <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting just launch some missile at that stock <laughs> and then get away. Um, mm. oh, look, the positive is uranium prices had a bit of a run, um, as with most commodities, uh, with the falling US dollar. Um, there are a few people doing new, um, I suppose, potential um, reactors. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, the track record. It's like a, it's it, it, it's a nuclear disaster site. Um, yeah. It's just bad to shocking. Yeah.
0: I mean, the bad operators. Yeah, as well. I mean, so mine
2: was it, it's one It's one where yeah. it, it's had a bit of a bounce, and you just have to think it's the retail guys looking at certain things, and a few people are talking about yeah. uranium and it's running because you, apart from yeah, a- and everyone window,
1: talks of. Uh, you get that sort of almost a right wing conservatives. Yeah. Don't go, it's, forget it's, renewable energy. Yeah. We should be looking at uranium uh, if yeah. we're going to get out of coal. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, recap the first five stocks, including our stock of the day. News Corporation, no. Coles, um, according to Gaurav, uh, yes, for the conservative investor. Um, Woolworths is a better play for Mathan. XRF, interesting company to watch. Uh, which Gorev's going to be doing that. Mathen uh, saying, well, if it gets to 14 to 18 cents, uh, well worth a dabble. Um, JB Hi-Fi, uh, yes, on a pullback. Uh, um probably prefers Wesfarmers in, instead of uh, JB Hi-Fi. Um, APN, uh, was it APN? AQI. Yes. Yeah, APN uh, Commercial to REIT. Yeah. Um, Waypoint is a better option for uh, for Gorev. Ampol is probably a better one for uh, for Mathen and Paladin. Run a mile, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or Silex if you want something completely different. Mm. Um, coming up uh, after one o'clock, Green Energy Tech is uh, coming to Europe, courtesy of Neo Metals, who have signed a new agreement to build a lithium-ion battery recycling plant in Germany. Joining us after 1 pm on the Pulse of Managing Director Chris Reed, uh, MD of Neo Metals, joins us to explain the deal and what's going on there. Let's get into our uh, second five stocks. And Maiton Max uh, wants a view on Eleanor Investors Group. Now, I'd really never heard of Eleanor Investors Group much at all, but a funds management business in the property market.
2: Yeah, it's uh, hospitality. Yeah. Um, and hotels, um, you yeah.
0: know, and retail. Yeah, it's just mm. like,
2: no, 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 uh, yep. right now. But look, that's that's the value side of things. It'll come back. Um, you know, you go into lockdown. At the moment, you're pretty much talking lockdown globally. Yep. Yeah, everyone from UK to US is going to restrictions, and we're probably going to be in for most of Q3. Yep. So I, I think it'll come back, and you probably can pick it up at the previous lows. Now this is one for someone who is willing to sit through the cycle. Mm. And so when it does come back, which inevitably it will because the market's going yeah. into lockdown, um, that's the time to buy some and then don't look at it for six months. Okay. Um, if you if you have that capacity, if you have ADHD like I do, you're probably going to look at it and go, that's crap, why did I do that? <laughs> so if, if you have that kind of a mentality, you've got to know yourself. If you have one of those people who are going to be looking at it and going, oh, this is not doing well, this is not doing well, yep. don't buy it. Right. So this is not for you. But if you're the guy who's going to buy it because it's a value trade and you're willing to wait it, I think the macro will turn in six to 12 months yeah. and you'll probably double your money.
1: Okay, all right. But be patient for 18 months to and two pro- years. They'll
2: probably raise money.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. ah, right. okay. And, and
2: maybe a couple of times. Okay, all right.
0: Yeah, this is a really interesting business. I like the model. So what they do is they purchase property, they add value to it in one way or another and then they would either sell that on or they'll bundle it up with a bunch of other properties into a listed fund, right. and then they collect fees as a fund manager. Mm. So most of the revenue, even though these guys are notionally property investors slash developers, right. the revenue here comes from um, a They're funds business. They're almost
1: equity yeah. in property.
0: In property, Do yeah. deals, uh-huh.
1: pass them on, keep the management rights.
0: And keep the management rights, which yeah. is probably the best part of the business you wanna be. So this is actually a very capital light business. And they've got a good track record over, um, it's been a relatively short listing um, period. I think it was 2014, I might be wrong, but somewhere around there where it listed, and they've done reasonably well in terms of internal rate of return of the properties they've spun off. Um, So I I think there is a decent management team here with a good economic model. They've just been thoroughly hit by this pandemic. All their largest assets, as Nathan says, these are hotels, um, uh, leisure and retail centres, um, often in regional areas, um, often reliant on tourism, yep. and they've been hit very hard. This is an interesting recovery play. I think management here is actually quite good. The strategy is I was going quite to good. ask,
1: is the management good? And they
0: appear to be um, quite no. good. The record is excellent. The allocation record is good. Um, the way they return dividends um, regularly, I think, is, is very attractive. It, it must be a big... Temptation just to keep on growing, and they've yeah. resisted that, yeah. and they've done it very selectively. So I appreciate that. I think there's a good idea here, but as Nathan says, you have to be of a particular psychological makeup—a glutton for punishment, if you like. Yeah. You've got to be countercyclical and patient. Yeah. Um, and if you can do that, I think you'll do well out of this one. Yeah. But know yourself—if you're not that mindset, then then don't buy right. this. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But the, the thing is, when you buy countercyclical, when everyone hates a stock you've got to be confident that the management I agree. Yeah. can get yeah. through the downturn mm. and that, set so themselves up yeah, properly. You've got to have
2: good management who have got a track record of delivering in tough times. Yeah, You've got to have a balance sheet which means you're going to be raising, so you've got to be aware that there's going to be more yeah. downside risk when they're yeah. going to be raising. Three, are you one of those people who are going to be panicking in a month's time? Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> if you have those three, sure, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty okay. decent stock, but if, yeah. you, if you're not taking of those three and for me i think inevitably they'll have to raise so i'll wait for the cap raising and you want to see some clear air so if the lockdown right now the market had no lockdown in q3 now we're going to have lockdown in q3 if q4 gets locked down again a lot of these stocks may come back and raise again so Mm -hmm. i don't feel the need to rush in till you get some clear air where we have a vaccine or we have a plan for Q1 and then you go, okay, I've got some clear air. It may have around 10%, who cares? Yeah. It's going 100% when there's clear air. So okay. I'll give up the first 10,
1: 15%. All right, okay. Uh, Matt is asking for an opinion on, is it Sencera, Um yes. a software company um, that's posted pretty good, uh, pretty good revenue growth in financial year 2020? and uh, has got some big contracts.
0: Yeah, um, it, uh, it, it's a very small business. It's a $20 million company. I think they. Have, I think I saw $2 million of revenue or, or so. Right. so. So f- we, should, we should just uh, explain that um, I don't know this stock. I only know it from about 15 minutes ago, but it looks like it, it makes sensors and software for, um, yes. they call itself an internet of things company. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it when companies just pull out the latest um, fad word and In add it into the yeah, yeah. description. Um, I don't know the history of this. I don't know whether this was grown from an organic invention or whether they've bolted on sexy things and tried to sell it to investors. And I think that distinction is important and we want yep. to try and figure that out. Um, but the revenue here is, it is still looks like a very fragile business that is still reliant on cap raisings, investor support. Um, and I, you know, Ken Nelson um, asks analysts all the time, when they're looking at a company, what's it got? You know what, why? Why are you investing in this business when there are thousands of others? And if you can't answer that question, no matter how great the idea or sexy the concept, yeah. you should just walk away. And I think that's the case here. Right. What's it got? I don't know. I can't see anything.
1: It's uh, quite mm. interesting because yeah. I thought, oh, this is interesting because in June they announced they did a strategic partnership with Triton Systems as part of the sort of um, um, tracking applications for the U.S. De- Defense Department. Mm. I thought oh, it's in this whole cyber, Star Wars type thing, but then their biggest customer is an animal health company. Yes. And I'm going, I still don't quite understand what it does.
0: (laughs) When there's distinction between reality and the narrative, I really, you gotta be very, mm, I think suspicious, careful. Um, careful. It's
2: it's either a good turnaround, or it's been dressed up, and that's the risk. Uh, Because their quarterly is showing that the cash flow has turned positive, P&L is turning pretty well. Mm. So, you know, the numbers look good. They raise money. It's had a good run. I mean, it's almost debt defying, and then it's now bounced back. Um, Looks interesting, but you just have to ask the question, why was it struggling for so long in uh, the last couple of years when you've had tech stocks shooting the lights out? Mm. It's got the bingo words, and they've added some of the bingo words as well. So in that context, if they were there, Should have been doing relatively well. Should not be struggling. So, one thing I have learned is when you're trying to pick the turnaround story in a sector that's been killing it for two, three years, don't, (laughs) 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 because you're missing something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they're selling you something that doesn't Mm. work. But but how often do we do that? There's a sector that's go. It's a bit like the the buy now pay later. You know, there's after pay and there's Zip and sizzle and all of that and mm. everyone goes, now, wh- what's a stock yeah, that yeah, hasn't right. moved yeah. in that sector thinking that everyone's forgotten about it? The market's too efficient to forget about it. Maybe it's just not a good it's <laughs> the,
2: the best example yeah. I can tell you mm. is, and, you know, 25 years in finance, Aristocrat versus Ainsworth.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: You know, every year someone tells me it's a value trade. They just got to get one right, and they'll come roaring back. It's a value trade. Yep. They just got to get one right, and they'll come <laughs> roaring back. You get this story every year, <laughs> and you go broke waiting for that to happen. Right. Yeah. Aristocrat comes back. You buy it. You made 40 percent already. Yeah. Yep. And you just go. You know what? Till they get something wrong, I'm staying on Aristocrat. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, So that this is why I think you get things wrong. So like afterpay. <laughs> look. up oh, oh, You know. We've talked about afterpay. Up to a certain level, it made sense. After that, I think there's a bit airy fairy. Yeah. But they were the first to the game.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, when you're coming the fourth or fifth to the game, it's like when Hub came through. Hub was first to the game. They were very good at what they did. Yeah. There's been a lot of players who've come in slightly different, but they do the same game. And then everyone started to fight on margins, and they all shot themselves on the foot. Yep. And it's going to happen to afterpay as well. It's yeah. inevitable yeah. Uh, because everyone, when you've got suddenly this 20 billion market cap, everyone's coming for you. Uh, so in that context, they need to have something that they've suddenly found that to change the dynamics, which I don't think because I don't see an exponential rise in the share price. It's yeah. been a bounce back. So I think you've got to be really okay. careful here. All
1: right. Be careful of that one. Our next stock, uh, Nathan Allison wants an opinion on Len lease Group. It's probably like when um, you look
2: at uh, tourism when tourism was running hard. Nobody made money on any of the tourism stocks. I mean, tourism was, you know, HK and tourism was the most obvious macro-thematics, mm. yep. and everyone lost money. They made money for a short period of time, and then it blew up. Lend everyone knows the government is just going to build stuff. Yep. Infrastructure building, construction, the, every government hands out dodgy handouts to developers like there's yep. no tomorrow. So if they're not doing well now, when are they going to do well? Yep. And so, Lenley's and Simic are the two big players in the in yep. the massive construction cycle. Simic yep. just finds dead bodies all the time. <laughs> like you just stay away from that. Right? <laughs> At some point, the Spanish will just buy yeah, out Simic yeah, just hope. to hide mm. the dead bodies. Right, there's okay. mass murder gone in there. Yeah. <laughs> now, Lenley's is much higher quality. Right, Com- it's because right. comparatively, right. that thing is a disaster site. You look good. Yeah. Right. So I like Lenley's, but. At the peak what was 20 something dollars yeah it's now nearly 11 dollars. 11 bucks yeah again this will have a cycle and it will come back but you need to be patient it's probably going to go lower in the short term right and you know there'll be delays there'll be cost blowouts you know some of the people who did deals with them probably will run away yeah. uh, so expect that in a bad economic cycle and then it'll recover so this could be a year year and a half away from turnaround right. but do you have the patience? And if you don't have the patience, don't go there. If you have the patience, I think over the next six months, you'll probably get it cheaper. Okay. All right.
0: I just think maybe we should just go and sit down and let Nathan do the show. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He's on such a roll.
1: (laughs) It's really hit his sweet spot. (laughs) 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 Hasn't it? Yeah. Um,
0: First of all, I think people under appreciate just how complex Lend-Lease is. This is not yeah. simply a constructor or a contractor. There's a fund manager, developer, builder.
1: Yeah, it has a finger in a lot of parts, yeah. does that, or with the property team. Like. That's right, yeah. yes.
0: Um, but try and follow a dollar of revenue through this business and it's it, it's an invitation to get lost. Yeah. Um, I, I, can't, it's, I find this business very difficult to understand. This and Goodman Group is the other one. Try and follow yeah. a dollar of revenue through the business and see yeah. And, and try and, and make the links. It's it's very difficult. That's not to say it's anything wrong or dodgy going on. It's just complicated. Yeah. When you have complexity, you need very good high quality management. I would say Goodman unquestionably has that. I'm not quite sure about Lend-Lease. Yeah. This is a, a cyclical business that should have been doing well over periods of time, but look at, the, look at its history. Over, over 10 or 15 years, the EPS is exactly where it was. It hasn't moved. Mm. Um, I think this is actually a mediocre business um, dressed up as a cyclical business, and um, I, I, I would repeat what what Care Nelson says. You know, what's it got? I, I can't. Why would you buy this? Yeah. I, I don't have uh, in a case or a thesis why an investor would put money into this business. Yeah, I have to agree. It's not high quality business. <coughs> you know, when I
2: look at you know what I would consider goat, the top ten stocks you would buy in our market, you just close your eyes and buy and say, oh look, it doesn't matter. It'll come back and it'll keep going. That's a yep. Lease does not get into that. Right. Okay. So it's not high quality. If the cycle is great, you buy it at a discount because it'll recover and people get excited. When people get excited, you dump it or run away. Yeah. Uh, right now, I think it's in the lower end of the valuation, but it'll get cheaper.
1: Okay, all right. And it's also, uh, companies like that, when they make a mistake costing a project, yeah. it's a f- flaming big mistake. It is. <laughs> it <laughs> they is have to write off, I find. You imagine,
2: mm. Look at what most government projects cost bases have been. What they start with, most of the infrastructure... I mean, we're talking 50 to 100% error rate. Yeah. So (laughs) when Lendlease does those ones, they'll have to write it off. Yeah. So
1: that's the risk. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, Gaurav Chloe uh, wants an opinion on Linus Corporation. Mm. It's a rare earths mining company. Major operations in Mount World in Western Australia. Then they refine the stuff in Malaysia. Mm. Uh, Rare earths... uh, Not that rare either, are
0: they? No, back in (laughs) the 50s and 60s, we didn't really have the processing technology to separate rare earths. And the actual ore is quite plentiful, but it used to be very hard to separate the stuff, um, and that's why they were called rare. Um, Those technological um, barriers have largely gone away, but there are big economic barriers in separating rare earth minerals, which is why there are so few of them around. It's a very large um, processing cost base, I would argue this is not actually a mining business. This is a chemical business right. that uses mining. It's quite ore. dirty, is that
1: the, the it, refining, and yeah. that's why it's in Malaysia. Environmental yeah, it,
0: it does release mildly radioactive waste. Yeah. Um, and when I say mildly, I'm not trying to be euphemistic. Um, it, uh, when you take a Geiger counter to it, it's just, it's not, you know, like like nuclear material. It, right. It's it's there's a small amount of um, background radiation, but you still need to be carefully treated, and populations don't like having it around. So. Right. It's a hard business to do. Uh, more than that, the just the science of separating everything economically is very tough to do. It can take about a decade to get your chemical plant up and running. Yep. Um, so there are very few of these around in the world. I would almost say that this is a strategic asset now. Um, they are the world's second largest producer of uh, a, a pair of commodities called um, neodymium and Uh These are things that are used to make very big magnets, um, generators. Mm. Okay. Um, they use them in... in uh, batteries as well. Anytime you need to make generate a circuit with a solid state, uh, sorry, a current with a solid state, yeah. um, you need these materials. Um, the world's second largest producer, the largest producer outside China. Um, they need them mm-hmm. in a ho- whole okay. lot of defense applications. Japan um, has signed up to a lot of the output. And I actually think the economics here are very good. Um, right. I reckon this company, it's about $1.5 billion. I think at full tilt, even at modest commodity prices should be able to make about 200 million dollars a year mm. which means it's not overly expensive but there's a lot of regulatory hurdles to jump okay. through. I think All this right. is worth a punt, this is spec buy for okay. me. Yep.
2: Uh, you <coughs> have to remember, uh, West Farmers were trying to buy it. Um, yeah. and there was a reason yeah. why they were looking to buy it. Um, they were trying to buy it when there was uh, regulatory uncertainty and they got a balance sheet bigger than most African countries so they can sit back and write it yep. through. Um, I think it's an interesting stock, I like it, you're actually Actually, I think it's a discount to what the West one was were offering, even now, um, after it's had a oh, pretty good price. It's about the same, maybe yeah. a small premium, yeah. So in mm-hmm. that context, mm-hmm. it's not expensive expensive. Um, I agree, it's a technology company. Um, China owns it, so it's really a trade war stock. Yeah. Uh, so if US wants to have that um, supply outside China, well, these guys are one of the few. Yeah. So that's what keeps us uh, So I wouldn't chase it. Um, I'd wait for a pullback. If it's a pullback, um, I think if you get it around the high $1, um, I would buy a bit at a time, okay. it's a punt. Um, I think you'll get every six months, I mean, you've got what, four months for the US election. Uh, I'm almost certain the US will have pot shots at China, so that in that context, rare earth will remain a uh, topic of play. Yep. So Linus will hold up relatively okay. well, so if it comes back below two bucks, I'd take a punt. All
1: right. Okay. And a final stock quickly, uh, yeah. I, um Automated Robotics 3D Manufacturing. It's
2: a 3D printer, the yep. biggest uh, on the size. Uh, they've got a couple of contracts, um, so it's okay. that's where the execution comes in. They're, they're a bit like what Grave was explaining before. You sell the machine, which is a big machine, yep. but then you sell the, uh, the, the the ingredients that go into the machine. Uh that's where you make the big bucks as well so it's early stage technology Um, i like it because it's got 3d thematic it's you know you can print your own parts type thing with metal Um, so it's pretty cool but again it's high risk um, early stage so there's a lot of execution risk so on any kind of pullback i'll buy a bit it's a punt uh, because it's plays a fair bit in manufacturing mining and defense type projects so i think it's worthwhile
0: Mm. Uh, look, it's an idea stock. Nathan has mentioned this to me a couple of years ago, in fact. Um, and what they do is interesting. I have no reason to think why. I, I just can't add anything as an analyst to this. If it uh-huh. works, they'll make a lot of money. If it doesn't work, or will go bust. <laughs> what I say is not going to make any <laughs> difference. Um, <laughs> so, Worth a pun? Uh, no, I wouldn't put no, on this. I'd rather okay. do something else, yeah. All right, OK.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, let me just recap the, uh, the final five stocks before we go. Uh, Eleanor Investments uh, on a pullback maybe have a uh, have a look at that Sincera a no uh, Lynn Deleese. Nathan you liked it didn't you? Oh,
2: I think if yeah. you can get it around 10 bucks around <coughs> well,
1: 10 bucks a no because it's too complicated easier ones out there for uh, for Gorab uh, Lighters, both the guys like on a pullback and uh, Titomatic a, uh, a, a punt for Nathan a no from Gorab Uh, Gentlemen, good to see you. Thank you for joining us today. Mm -hmm. Really appreciate it. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable.